Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Love and the Just a, I want to read a prayer that I am praying while the deacon is incensing and you're singing the Alleluia. And so I'm praying for you while you're singing this prayer. So I thought it would be important you hear what this prayer says because it's a, it's a silent prayer, so you'll never hear it out loud. Loving Master, let the pure light of your divine knowledge shine brightly in our hearts and open the eyes of our minds that we may understand the proclamation of your gospel. Instill the fear of your blessed commandments in us so that having trampled all carnal desires, we may lead a spiritual life, both thinking and doing everything to please you. For you, O Christ our God, are the enlightenment of our souls and bodies, and we have glory to you with your eternal Father, your all-holy good and life-creating Spirit, now and ever and forever. Amen. Just wanted you to know what was being prayed. So that you won't think maybe I'm just up there twiddling my thumbs and waiting for my part. There's actually, you know, things that I'm praying on behalf of all of you. So I wanted to share that with you. Yesterday, we had a great event. We had a coronation. We have the crowning of Mary, beautiful event, my goodness. And after the wedding, there was reception was going on, it was set out lovely outside and in the hall, and there was one young man, he was coming down the walkway, and I was coming out the door this way, and met him and asked how he was doing, he had a big smile on his face, he was doing good, he says, this is a great occasion, a great occasion. And then he went on his way down the stairs. And it truly was a great occasion. I said, I, it, it was. And it was, we were going away. I was thinking to myself, you know, he probably doesn't have any idea of all that took place before we even got to that great event that we celebrated yesterday. All the hours and days that that couple had to spend with me and endure all that had to come with that. As well as the reading they had to do. And their own work that they had to do together. Their conversations that they had to have. Because like any couple that are two different people, you're going to have to learn how to live together. How to communicate. So there was all of that. And so during the course of these months leading up to it, there was just a whole lot of ordinariness. A lot of just work and living out the daily life all the way to all, then all of a sudden we have this great event. And now they're going to go off and they're on the high and then pretty soon they'll, as we all know, once you've been married after a while, all of a sudden you start to get into rhythm and you kind of go into your ordinariness of life. You got work, you got family, all these things that start to happen. This is the Sunday I call it of the calling. Last night at Vespers, we heard of the calling of Moses from the burning bush. We heard the divine logos speaking through that bush to Moses and calling him to do work. We heard of the calling of Isaiah, the one that always brings me to tears. Because I remember from a little boy saying, here I am, here I am, and I had to wait many years. But also it calls to mind that word of God that called Abraham, that called the prophet Samuel, 
that anointed the kings. And it's that same word in flesh that called our disciples this morning. That's, can you imagine that? The very same word that came out of that bush was there in flesh speaking to them. Now, we learn from John's gospel that the disciples have had some exposure to Jesus before through John the Baptist. But on this day, he's calling them to task. He comes and says, come, follow me. You've seen me, you've heard me talk, now it's time to make a decision. And they followed. And we read about what Jesus does at the end of our gospel today. He's teaching, he's preaching, he's working some miracles, some healings. But not every day is a spectacular day where someone's being raised from the dead or a transfiguration's taking place. A lot of it is just this continual day after day of work, teaching and preaching, doing those things we have to do. It was the same with the, the patriarchs. They had their moments, but then the rest of the time was just doing their daily work. You look at the lives of the saints. And yes, they've done some spectacular things, but if you really read, most of it is they just lived a faithful life. And events would happen in that. Now, you and I have been called and reminded of our call today. Called to follow Christ. You've seen His words. You've heard of His miracles. We've celebrated that great Paschal cycle. Now, it's time for you to make a decision. Are you in or are you out? But if you say you're in and I want to follow His teachings, I want to live the life He's called me to, I'm going to walk in faith. Because faith, as Maximus the Confessor says, makes things real for us beyond intellect and reason. Or as St. Paul would say, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. means I don't fully understand it, but I'm going to trust. And then we start to follow him. Now, we may not have the experiences, you know, we think, I'm not doing well, I, I haven't raised anybody from the dead, I haven't cured any, anybody. All I'm doing is changing diapers, I'm going to work, I'm fixing the fence, I'm mowing the lawn, I'm trying to raise my children the best I can. But I read the lives of the saints, and, and they're doing these great things, forgetting that most of the time it's in the ordinariness of their lives. What we fail to miss is the holiness of the ordinary. It's a holy moment because you're doing it with the intention of love for whom you are serving and the love of God for whom you are created for. And in that holiness of the ordinary, that in itself becomes extraordinary. Because then as we go along in the course of our lives, things will just happen and we will be prepared for it, whatever it may be. We will be able to arise to the occasion when it happens. And then it will pass and we will go back to our ordinary things. Maybe it's dealing with challenges in a family, challenges at work, 
great upheavals in a nation, in a church, whatever it is. But we're reminded that the daily work that we do is holy. So don't fall into despair. You think, I'm not growing spiritually because all I'm doing is, is chasing the kids around the house, trying to get them to do their schoolwork. Or I'm at work and I'm just doing something that, gee, what effect does it have in the global thing of things? If you're doing it with love, and with you're doing it with attention that, you know, in some small way this does help the kingdom of heaven, you're growing in holiness. Mother Teresa, or St. Seraphim of Serob, or even St. Piusius of the Holy Mountain, they didn't say, oh, you know, today I'm going to do something great. I'm going to walk on water. No, they just did their daily work. Monks in a monastery and nuns, they have to do, they have to gather their food. They have to cook their food. They have to mend their clothes. They have to tend to their guests. They're just daily mundane things. But they do it with love in their hearts. And with the intention by serving them, they're serving God. And by serving God, they're serving them. This is how saints are formed. It's the same holiness, whether you're changing a diaper or waxing on eloquently on a great stage speaking of God. It's the same holiness because it's the same God that you're serving. So no matter what your state in life is, if you're doing it for the love of God and the love of neighbor, you're growing in holiness. You're growing in the image and likeness of God, whose face we have seen in Jesus Christ. So honor your call that you heard today. And that call echoes every moment of every day of our lives to follow Him. So when you go about your ordinary life, know that in actuality it's extraordinary. Because your life is in Christ. And everything you do with that intention in mind is holy. What did the fathers have and the mothers have that kept them going? What was it? What was that unique thing that they were able to endure, the dailiness of life? Well, you start reading, and you start looking, and you start reflecting, and you see there's one thing that they seem to all have. This intense awareness of the presence of God. And that's something we need to be asking God for ourselves Give me the awareness of your presence. And I'm not talking about having some kind of thing where I feel his energies, you know, I can touch it, I, I can have visions, I can have locutions. And the fathers say, don't ask for any of that, because the devil can, you know, present himself as an angel of light. The only way I can describe it is this, and I have to use it in a marital relationship. When I'm in the rectory working down in my basement, in that dark basement with that single little window that's around my view, I can't see it, and Pawnee Kelly's upstairs, or she's at the grocery store, or she's on a trip, I still have a feeling of her presence. I can't articulate it. I just can feel it. 
Now, we've heard about spouses who could tell that one of their spouses is in trouble. Something's going on. There's just this, this intuition, this something. Mothers, especially with their children. That's what I'm talking about. The sense that he's there. I can't articulate, but I just feel him there. He's here. And if you were to follow me around in the rectory when I don't know about it, you would hear me talking all the time to him. I'm like a broken record, though. But I'm talking to him. I don't raise anybody from the dead. I haven't cured any incurable diseases. I don't see visions. I don't have locutions. But there is that presence. And of course, the world and mind gets in the way, and I start to forget about it. But then I call myself back into my life, into my prayer, by calling on his name again, and then he's there. I shared with you a story many years ago. I was on a roof, and I went and met with the, the, building of this, the owner of this building, this commercial building. And when he walked away, there was a lot of large air conditioner units, so it's very loud. He walked away, and as he walked away, I was walking to look over to another part of the roof, and I said, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Just spontaneously. And I go, out loud, there's my friend. And then I go, oh, shoot, looking around to see where the owner was. But it's this awareness of presence that I'm trying to press upon your hearts today. That when Christ called the apostles, he was impressed upon them, his presence physically there, and then when he ascended, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are called to the same. We're called to holiness through the ordinariness of our lives. And in that process, it becomes our lives become extraordinary because we are formed into saints. So heed his calling because he is the king and our God and he's calling us home.